one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Searching for the loan that's right for your life or your business? The Bank of Clark County offers personal auto financing, personal loans and business lines of credit, mortgages and business real estate loans, home equity loans, personal and business construction loans and more. Whether you're looking to upgrade your life or your business, the Bank of Clark County has the loan that fits. Visit your local Bank of Clark County branch or go to bankofclark.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CHAMPION200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any nba playoff game visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions 21 years of age or older to wager virginia only new customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-888-532-3500 I'm Tamara Thomas, Editor-in-Chief of UrbanHealthToday.com, part of the DocWire family of medical news sites, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headlines. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, welcome to Urban Health Weekly. I'm here with my friend Lou, and we are about to get started on today's show. So I, I had to tell you about this podcast that I started listening to. Okay. And I don't know if I'm going to continue listening to it, but I just, you know, one episode, it's called the Black Goddess Podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, the, it caught my eye because one of the episodes was about, it's called the Big Booty Pandemic. Oh, okay. Now you have my attention. <laughs> and so... They were talking about um, all these women who seem to be coming back from the Dominican Republic with uh, BBL, which is the Brazilian butt lift. Mm. And um, I just thought that was hilarious because like, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day who was in, um, I think it was motor vehicles or someplace. And she was saying that uh, everyone around her has like this big old booty. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like, it's what people are doing with the relief money go to go to dominican republic and go to the doctor and get so the basically only the lift. flight attendant knows for sure I mean, <laughs> small booty going in they, big booty coming they, back. no they're probably coming back with pillows because you can't sit on it like once you 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 have to stay off your butt so oh. i mean i'm not even really sure if they have to stay there a length of time or something like that but uh you have to sit on a pillow or something like that otherwise you're going to deform the work like, cause you, okay. you can't sit on it for several weeks. 
Okay, well, before we get into but this I topic thought... too much, let me let me read through my contract and see what I can and can't say about oh, these things. Oh, for heaven's sakes, just say <laughs> what you have to say. Well, I know where I know you like to see those big donkey booties. Me, I've seen you looking me? at those big old yes. <laughs> you me can't. In the <laughs> yes, first of all. Like, you have no decorum. Aside from the health, you have aspects, no decorum when it they comes. They cause to... traffic accidents. No, People, they don't. May, men crane and look, and all of a sudden, boom! And that's and true. That is, that is true. That that's true. <laughs> so uh, is that so, why men's premiums are higher because they tend to get into more accidents? Exactly, because we're looking at it at, at, at look the, at the BBL uh, <laughs> BBL recipients. <laughs> What's that? said. I've always wondered um, what kind of, you know, what it is that's injected back there and what are the effects. So, and, you know, it's obviously not being done in the United States. So there's no regulation. Well, so, so, so most for, for the most part, what a Brazilian butt lift is uh, technically is you have um, a fat um, suction out of other parts of your body, say like your back or your arms or your thighs and basically removed from undesirable mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. And then they're injected, they're, they're you know, they, they do some process to it, clean it up, whatever. And then they use it and inject it into strategically into your backside and your, and your hips to give you a, a, a more rounded, the derriere lifted butt and, you know, rounder hips. Mm. But um, there are some people who go the cheap route and mm. do the silicone where they basically it's like, you know, you ever look at a side of beef and you see like the swirls of fat within it. That's called marbling. Okay. And basically what they're doing is they're getting this like industrial grade stuff inject marbled into their um, gluteal muscles and such. And from what I understand, like I was reading Keisha Cole's accounts of like, because Keisha Cole had that done and she's just had numerous surgeries. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen on real self with, with, with some girls go through having it removed. It's basically like removing shotgun pellet mm -hmm. throughout your behind. It's like multiple surgeries to remove no. that stuff because it creates such damage. You know, some women have strokes. Uh, just all kinds of embolisms, all kinds of health problems. But the other thing that I, I got to thinking when I was thinking about that whole thing was mm -hmm. I was thinking like, what does this do for doctors now? How do they check how healthy you are? Mm -hmm. Because now your, your, um, your waist, your waist to hip, your hip to waist ratio is off right. because you've artificially changed it. So mm -hmm. there's no real accounting of, you know, of how healthy you are. If you had mm -hmm. an apple shape before, which is associated with, because uh, a pear shape, a mm -hmm. pear shape is healthier and apple shape is less healthy. If you were previously an apple shaped person um, and you went and surgically had yourself turned into a pear, what, what kind of position does that put the doctor in and being able to assess your health risks and stuff? Yeah, Do you know what I mean? This like, is not being done by doctor. Look, I... I'll, well, I'll, the, the, well, the, the yeah. other stuff, the industrial stuff, that's not, that's correct. That's not being yeah. done by doctors. And that uh, stuff yeah. is not approved by the FDA. The, but what I, I'm just saying, regardless of which one you do, mm -hmm. whether you do, I mean, obviously with this, with the silicone mm -hmm. one, if that even is silicone, you're obviously running a lot more immediate risks. Mm -hmm. I'm saying long-term in reshaping your body like that, mm -hmm. you don't genetically it doesn't change your genes. It just changes mm -hmm. how you look on the outside. It doesn't really change your, your mm -hmm. health risk. It doesn't really change. And I'm just wondering mm -hmm. how this 
turns medicine on its head in terms of being able to assess people's health. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll share here a bit. Uh, I had a friend, a platonic friend uh, that actually went through the procedure and, um, you know, she was proud of the procedure. Exactly. She did. I got a doctor. She went to the brand X, uh, a uh, way of doing what it. What do you mean she went to the brand X? What's well, the non, brand X? non-physician and use uh, the silicone. No. Yeah. And use the silicone. And she told um, you this? Yeah, she told us this. Yeah. Oh she was, my she God. was nice enough to share. I mean, she was very proud of it. It was a group setting. Okay. And, um, you know, the, the conversation was going on, but she also shared that she now could only sleep on her front, on her, on her face. She could not sleep on her back because of the discomfort, because of how solid it was. Uh Um, It it almost felt like, you know, everybody was kind of like poking it and and touching it. And I'm telling you, it felt like a suit of armor back there. Oh my God. And yeah, you know, I guess. She let you touch her butt? Yeah. (laughs) Or the new butt. I I mean, everybody was touching it. Miss that part. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I was wondering when that was going to come. That's why I checked my contract carefully before I started. Just go ahead. <laughs> anyway, it just felt hard. I mean, it just—it did not feel like a natural thing. It felt like you were touching like something through a suit of clothes or something. So, if you had to compare <laughs> it to, like, say, a football, a basketball, um, a helium balloon, or, like, where where in the spectrum? Do I I myself have never touched one of these behinds. It felt metallic. I, 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 it's it's very hard to describe, but it didn't have the the the, the give that you would expect to human flesh. Uh-huh. It's almost like touching a mannequin. Um, wow, that's, that's kind hard. of what it felt like. It wasn't huge, but it was bigger than what it was. It was somebody who was already endowed uh-huh. and decided to become, let's accentuate our positives, let's say. Wow. And okay. um, the unintended, first unintended consequences that she was having at that time. Is that she can no longer sleep on her That she could no longer sleep. She was starting to get back aches um, because of posture. It, it was, it was a, a problem because anytime she would sleep, uh, sitting became uncomfortable um, and, and natural things that you do, you know, we all sit the same way. We all grow the same way. If you've ever watched the kids. No, we they, don't. We don't all grow the same way. But okay. <laughs> no, I, well, but, but I know what you mean. Yeah. What I'm saying is as a child grows, they have areas or times in their lives where they're a little awkward. Right. And that's because they've done a growth spurt. They get yeah. used to their bodies. Right. You're going to have to get used to this new body. Yeah. There's no if and ifs and buts about it. Now, as an adult. You don't have the suppleness of a child. You're not still growing right. all the time and all that. Once you have something like this, it could lead to back pain. It could lead to some other chronic conditions. Mm-hmm. Also, you're going to be carrying more weight. You're going to yeah. be carrying an extra 10 to And that's pounds. what I'm talking about. I'm talking about mm-hmm. now, you know, now that you've enhanced your body this way and you've reshaped yourself, how, do, how does a doctor then assess you for health risks? That's that's my concern. Like, I, you know, look, I think women should be able to do what they want with their bodies. I think they should do what makes them happy and makes them feel sexy. Hey, go off. You know, like I'm certainly no stranger to getting, you know, work done. I had a, I went on, I went on a, a consultation with this doctor. I wanted to get um, liposuction. And um, <laughs> the doctor said to me, he said, well, after I remove the fat, um, where do you want me to put it? And I was like, what? 
he was like, where do you want me to put it? And he's like, he's like scanning me with his eyes, like, I'm like, ah, uh, in the trash. I don't, I don't, I don't want it back in my body. I want it gone. <laughs> So you know, I was like, he just kept asking me like all expectantly like and where should I put it like you know I thought he was gonna say do you want me to put it in your butt because he kept like scanning my body like right, right. like do you want me to and he said I hate to waste good fat <laughs> I was like well so, so anyway suffice it to say I did not do the procedure but um, I just thought that was funny that that's how plastic surgeons think now. It's like, well, we got to put this fat to use. It doesn't just yeah, go into the landfill or, or anymore. It's pretty funny. Anyway, for those of you that are considering um, doing some of that, please do it safely. Please consult an MD. Yes, please go to the DR. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and please consult with others that have done it the right way and the wrong way. Actually, it's probably best if you go to Miami. That I've heard that Miami does the best um, Brazilian butt lifts. I think there's one doctor mm. here in New York that that really is like the king of it. I can't remember his name. But yeah. in any event, I'm hearing that Miami is the place to be. It's becoming so prevalent. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sad to say that experts are predicting a measles outbreak for this year. <clears throat> Can you imagine 22 million babies missed their vaccines during the pandemic? 22 million babies. My God. Wow. So the CDC and the WHO are warning about the potential threat of measles after more than 22 million babies across the world missed the first dose of their measles vaccination during the height of the pandemic. The report, which was published online um, ahead of the CDC's November 12th Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report Journal, notes that these infants missed their first dose of the measles vaccine last year, which is 3 million more missed doses than in 2019. And it's also the largest annual increase in over 20 years of unvaccinated children. Mm. I, I'm just, I'm not really <laughs> sure what to say about this one, except that I'm pleading with mothers to get vaccinated and please keep up with your baby's vaccines. Babies are not getting COVID, adults are. And, uh, and here in New York, uh, in New York City, um, particularly in Brooklyn, we, we had a small microcosm of, of that because remember, no vaccine is 100% uh, effective. Right. Um, so the measles vaccine, whatever their effectiveness is, I forget, it's 80, 90%, it's, it's rather effective. Mm -hmm. Once everybody was supposed to get it, that was fine. Measles was basically stamped out of the New York City system. Right. You rarely had a case. And then you had the anti-vax movement. You had the, the anti-vaxxers. Then, then you had Well, outbreaks. it was one community. It was one community. I'm going to name them. The Hasidic, I wish you wouldn't. But I will. <laughs> the Hasidic community here in, in New York. It's okay. the, look, people can look it up. Uh, I mean, it's decided true, but... for whatever reason that they weren't going to get it. Okay. Yeah. So you would think this will stay in their community. But, but it, then it this also happened. It also happened in, in Disney World in California, right? There was, a there was just another outbreak right. over there. But, and, and I don't think that was driven by. So, like, like let's no, not no, make they, it sound no, like. No, this it was, is not them, but I'm just saying a right. microcosm of what can happen. It, but, but it basically, mm -hmm. what, what you're trying to say, I'm trying to clean right. this up for you a little bit, okay. is that the unvaccinated population yeah, whatever which they may includes, be, for whatever which, reason which includes which may include some Hasidic communities right but within, have opted not to vaccinate and it okay. has resulted in pockets of measles outbreaks across the country so what started happening in new york city was 
you know, a lot of non-vaxxers in, in mass. So you're still going with this. All yeah, right. yeah, go I go with okay. it. Then all right. kids mix together <laughs> in the playground. They don't stay within their groups. Kids, kids are kids. They play together. Kids started playing together in the playgrounds. Mm -hmm. The disease started spreading rampantly across mm -hmm. the city. And all of a sudden, about three years ago, we had a pretty big outbreak mm -hmm. uh, of, of measles. And it's like, hey, all it takes is one group, whatever that group is. And believe me, every group is guilty of something. So, so um, I, I'm not shaming them for that. I'm just saying what the story was. If a concentrated group doesn't vaccinate, mm -hmm. and right now we've got 22 million, which con let's call these a concentrated age group. If these kids don't catch up on their vaccines, yeah, this is going to be a concentrated group that's going to hit the schools in about two or three years. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen is we're going to start getting a lot of breakouts of measles, chicken pox, rubella. Yeah, mumps. all these childhood diseases that we stamped out with vaccinations are now mm -hmm. um, falling by the wayside. But I'm, what I'm getting at is when I, when I was a kid in the 60s, there were there wasn't a, a measles vaccine. There there wasn't a uh, chicken pox vaccine. Mm -hmm. And we you know we had all the crazy stuff. We had the chicken pox parties. So when one kid would get it, everybody would. Oh get my it. god! I remember something like that when I was coming up. What was it was chicken pox where people would like one kid would have the chicken pox yeah. and everyone mm -hmm. would poke at the the blister and rub it on themselves so that they can they get it. So get they can it. Stay it. I, I mean, yeah. it's the dumbest. I know. I never, it, I never participated. I, I thought it was dumb even back I, then. I got them all except for rubella and German measles. My and being goodness. that I missed uh, that window for vaccination, I, I worry every time there's a measles outbreak, I go, Jesus. Okay, well, it's not I, too late to get the shot. Yeah, can I get it? I, I got to look into that. Can an adult get it? I um, think you, at this, uh, at yeah, this you can get measles if that's because what you're asking. Because for chicken pox, uh, there's the shingles, which I'm going to get the uh, that. But I did get the chicken pox as a kid, and I did get the mumps. Mm -hmm. I didn't get the other two. Um, and I'm just wondering, you know, uh, what can I do now? So that's something that that's a to-do list that, that I'm going to do after the show tonight. Yeah, you should really, you should really see about getting that. Yeah. All right. Um, mm -hmm. Early signs of stroke you need to know, even if you're young. So like with many other health concerns, your risk of having a stroke increases as you get older. In fact, every 10 years after age 55, your stroke risk nearly doubles, according to the American Stroke Association. So let's talk about some of these weird symptoms that you should be looking for. So things you should be looking for, a sudden onset of dizziness or severe headache, um, a most prominent stroke warning in um, women under 45, sometimes accompanied by hiccups or nausea, if you can believe it, a pinched nerve feeling or a tweak of some sort, you know, some sort of neck pain, you feel like you might've gotten a crook in your neck, loss of language and changes in vision, strength or sensation. Symptoms that are totally uncharacteristic for you or they're associated with neck pain or a recent fall. If you're worried, you should obviously call 911. And if your doctor tries to diagnose you with something else, because you know, a lot of doctors, you know, don't want to believe if you're under a certain age that you could possibly have a stroke. They'll think it's something like an inner ear infection or a migraine. Don't give up. You know, a migraine won't kill you but a stroke may, points out Dr. Liebskin. Another doctor, Dr. Newman Toker, suggests asking the doctor 
this question. Why do you think it's not a stroke? And if the doctor can't give you uh, an answer that sounds uh, halfway intelligible, speak to another doctor. So what do we think about this? Well, I wonder if I had a stroke last year. I know maybe I'm, yeah. I mean, I did have that dizziness where I was really, it was really ataxic. Well, uh, yeah, you know, I think the, the first thing about stroke is from my just small exposure to it. The people that have strokes rarely know that they're having one mm-hmm. and will even argue with you that they're not having a stroke. They didn't have a stroke. But who knows what a stroke not- really feels like because they have some, exactly. such a, a vast array of symptoms. You just don't know. It doesn't know. All, all you know is an observer. So, it's, so the observer has to be extra vigilant. So if you mm. feel that somebody had a stroke and any of these signs are present, either facial expression is not. Uh, exactly. Yeah, like the most classic sign is when you've got the slowed down speech, mm-hmm. uh, face droop, or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, weakness in, you know, on one side of your body. That's yeah. the, those are the classic symptoms that people know. But you know, a lot of people don't know about uh, there's, the there's other symptoms, like headaches. Or, or just going to sleep or a mild loss of consciousness that where you can't be awoken. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you think you're fine. That's what happened to my dad. Uh, My dad uh, actually turned 90 years old today. God bless. Um, Happy birthday. He had a stroke, a small stroke, a very minor stroke about two, three years ago. And my mother was trying to rouse him and she thought he was dead. She called me on the phone. I think your father's dead. She was all alarmed. I told her, what am I going to do? She said, well, come here. And I said, well, call 911. What am I, <laughs> I going to do? He said, what am I going to do? <laughs> exactly. What am I going to do? He's dead already. It's like, there's nothing I can do. So she told me, he's non-responsive. What do you want me dead. to do? So I said, well, it work. You know, call 911 and I'm going to get there. Now, there is a little subtext here. I figured since he was already dead, I left work. I wouldn't have had breakfast. Oh my God. <laughs> so I didn't so I didn't show up until three hours later. Oh my God. I figured by then they get rid of the body or whatever. My so God. anyway, You're I get shameless. there and I hear I hear all sorts of Latin curse words as my father oh, as only my father could put them together. And you know, I'm walking up, I'm there. he's supposed to be dead. Why what are well, you dis- you disappointed yeah. that he was alive. I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> the like man was, is supposed to be dead. It sounds like you were disappointed that your father survived. So I'm walking up the stairs and I hear all sorts of nasty curses and all that. So what happened was no one could rise when he was just completely out, gone. Uh, non-responsive, it seemed, for all intents and purposes. For how long? For about 15 minutes. Oh, okay. So that was short. Fire, Scary, but short. Fire department gets there. And they all of a sudden he comes to, you know, hey, risen from the dead. So he comes, to, he comes to, and wondering why they're there because in his mind there was no lapse of time. Oh wow! In his mind he was well, talking like anesthesia. Yeah, almost. And then all of a sudden, far people are there, and he's like, "What is going on here?" Right, right. So, to make a long story short. You know, they they roused him and, and all that. And then he was excited and saying that he's cursing at everybody for calling the fire department. He's yelling at me for me showing up, and, you know, and, and all this. What's and the like, big fuss about? What is wrong with he, you people? Yeah, he was almost like, you two are showing up here, you know, after he threw the fire people out. <laughs> and then, of course, he, he, you know, they did look at him. He had a small stroke. 
all the symptoms did go away. And wow, that's incredible. That's repeated. an incredible story. But I'm not sure which is more shocking that he had a stroke <coughs> and that he didn't realize that he had a stroke at all or that you were disappointed that your father survived the stroke. I think the worst part is that I went and had breakfast. <laughs> now I know. like You, know, you went and had breakfast because you were hoping they would clear the body up. <laughs> I, I was just hungry. And, I was hungry. And I just said, this is going to be a long day. You know, I need some fuel. I, I need some food before I can deal with this. <laughs> Another another stroke symptom that uh, that a lot of people are not aware of is a, a blinding headache, a headache that feels like the worst headache you've ever had in your life. It feels like a migraine. If you've never had, if you're not a, if you're not diagnosed with a, with you know a migraine sufferer, and then you suddenly have this blinding headache, that and and you're a woman, that could also potentially be a stroke. So just be on the lookout. Uh, don't assume that because you're young that strokes can't happen to you. Now, here's something that, that I found really um, disturbing that I had to sound the alarm and I sent this to everybody because I was like, oh, my God. So palm oil, which is a, it's a fatty acid, uh, apparently may help cancer spread. They've done uh, a study with mice where they injected the palmitic acid, which is uh, what the palm oil is made of. And basically what happens is the palmitic acid of the palm oil uh, somehow stimulates uh, and feeds the, the cancer cells and enables them to metastasize through the body. And the worst part is it, it not only is ingesting palm oil problematic, but your cells have a memory of having the palm oil. And so it won't even stop if you stop with palm oil. I mean, that's just, that's incredible. Uh, a study has shown that palmitic acid, a fatty acid found in palm oil, which is a common ingredient in cakes, biscuits, and chocolate, can yeah. increase uh -huh. the metastasis or spread of cancer. According to an earlier study from 2019, more than 65% of deaths due to solid tumor cancer had metastases as a registered contributing cause. Metastasis happens when cancer cells come away from the main tumor mass and enter the blood or lymph streams, allowing them to travel and grow into tumors in other parts of the body. Let me say this, functional medicine doctors have been shouting to the mountaintops for many years now to stay away from vegetable oils made from canola, vegetable, corn, and nut seeds. Um, they say stick to butter, olive oil, and, and avocado oil. So I realized that this was done in mice, um, but most studies are done in mice because they can't be really done in people. You can't well, inject people's mm -hmm. cancer cells with palmitic oil and watch it go. Um, I hope this just gives mm -hmm. people some, it's so difficult though, because so many things that we like are made with these oils. Like even a lot of these health foods have, you look at the ingredients and it's like palm oil, canola oil. You can't get away from this stuff. I, you know, I'm, I, it's really alarming. I mean, the best thing to do is just kind of make stuff. But they always say that too. the functional medicine doctors, you know, and health coaches, they're all like, make your own food, make your own food. And then I know well, in this past fast paced world, it's very there, difficult but, to know, short of me. And I, I, I've got three or four, uh, uh, comments here but go ahead and finish your thought well just you know the prepping food at home where you're 100 sure what ingredients are going in well first of all 
as you said, short of growing your own food in your yard. I didn't say and, growing and your own buying food. Tibetan, uh, uh, you know, fish or, or something, you know, totally pure. The more, the closer you can eat something to its original source is the better. That's all. I'm not saying that, you know, you have to go to Tibet and get, to, you know, like something made but, by but Sherpa. Oil, you know, oil is, oil is oil, you know. No, oil, oil is not oil. Oil is oil. Oil is, is not oil. oil. There are highly processed oils, like the ones that I just talked about. And there are oils that are very heart healthy and very good for you. I get it. And I try to eat as healthy as possible. But if I'm looking at a cake face to face or a cheesecake or or something that's delicious and it happens to have a little bit of the oil, I'll take my chances. Um, that, that's just me. That's um, fine. But you you you're in a position that you can choose like you shop at Whole Foods. So like, what are you talking about? Like well, you I, have. I eat healthy, you know, but that's but, why. But that's you should, why. Okay, but cheat. I'm just saying that you shouldn't encourage people to to slack off and be like, well, food is food. I, I think that's yeah, like... I, I I'm think not having a pack of potato chips a day, and I'm not having a pack of Doritos a day. But you know, but there are people that do that, and when they hear you say stuff like that... Then that's when you that, start getting into trouble. When, when, when but, that's, you, but that's not what you were just saying. No, what I'm saying is cheating here and there, I, I, I don't think the numbers are going to stack that way against you. I think that it's a concentrated You're right. If it's, if it's once in a blue moon, I'm talking moon. about for people who eat processed food all Every the time. Day, which you do that, see it. And, yeah. And, and, you know, going back to the whole thing with the cancer cells having a memory of exposure to the palmitic acid and remaining highly metastatic. That's, a, that's, that's not like every day. That's like just having a little bit. Right. And when you start looking at some of the trends too, and you start saying like, uh, like one of the trends that we're seeing is more and more younger and younger people are getting uh, colon cancer, for example. Yes. And, you know, is it the gamma rays? Is it our gene pool? Um, the answer is the only real logical answer that I can see. We don't know yet what's causing it. I think researchers but, and scientists do know. I think they're afraid mm-hmm. to say it and get into a lawsuit, but. I, I think food, we'll whatever, say, we'll whatever. We'll say, we'll say food. that we don't know. We'll say that well, science doesn't know we yet. Don't They're know, closing in. You know, we're, we're talking about a GI cancer mm-hmm. that's earlier and earlier. We're not talking right. about other types of cancer. We're, we're talking about a GI cancer. Uh, the onset is younger and younger people yes. are getting it. Yes. And the answer is why. And the only thing that... You know, the way food is produced now is the problem. Somehow, some way, that that food preferences. Not just food preferences. The the choices you have uh, in terms of prepared foods. Mm-hmm. Everything is made with a lot of with these oils because these oils are inexpensive right. to 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 procure. You know, and so if you're mass producing something, or even if you're just bulk producing, you know, let's say you're you're a, a health food brand. You know, a lot of them use these palm oils and 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 uh, and canola oils because it's just cheaper. You know, if you're selling something for, let's say, um, I don't know, a unit price of like 10 bucks, you know, and you want to make a profit and you want to be able to keep producing, you're going to buy the oil that's like 50 cents. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm throwing these numbers out. I don't know exact numbers, but I'm just throwing, you know, fake numbers out there. And it, it only costs 50 cents to, to add this oil to your product. 
you have you have a profit margin versus mm-hmm. using an oil like avocado oil where you have to make the price like $20 and then you meet price resistance and right. then people don't buy your stuff. Offer deadline on Oak Street, mile three. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a one. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Percent listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Bidding warrant the offers counter in five minutes. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com. Right. But people will buy the Whole Foods set, for example, are willing to spend that extra money. I'm willing to spend the extra. Like I look very carefully. And if it's if it says olive oil or um, avocado oil, I'm in. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not buying that other stuff just because I'm well, partly because I'm allergic to it. You know, it's it's an irritant to me. It does irritate my, you know, system. But mostly because I I just in general stay away from it because it's just not, it's not good for me. Right. So I'll pay that, but I'm an outlier. I'm not the average right. person in terms of, you know, right. my and, and I would say within the last decade or so, I, I've really changed the way I eat. A, I'm getting older. Mm. And B, there's a lot more information out there now. Right. And C, there's a lot more choices and it's easily accessible. Yeah. I mean, when I, again, I'm And go I'm back. just saying that, that you, it's hard mm. to, cut, to cut across yeah. you, but I'm just saying that short of spending a ransom on food, if you prepare the food yourself, mm-hmm. it takes a little extra time, but it's much cheaper than buying the specialty stuff at whole paycheck. That's right. all I'm saying, you know? So with that, you think it's yeah, time it's, to take it's a break? Time, yeah, we've got to take a break. We'll, we'll be back. Frenchman to Oak Street, Tremaine Gentilly, and the CBD. V102.3, WHIVFM, the vibe of the city for human rights and social justice. WHIV 102.3 FM. And we're back. On to the next medical news. Did you know that one in three patients defer their health care due to existing medical debt? This is according to TransUnion. Mm. Almost six in 10 respondents to a TransUnion survey last September said they deferred non-COVID-related medical care in the six months prior, while nearly half said the economy had at least some impact on how they approach medical care. TransUnion, so you know, there's Equifax, Experian, TransUnion, 
um, credit reporting agencies. Latest data suggests financial concerns are factoring into patients' current decisions to delay seeking care as well. It echoes similar research released from payment technology company PatientCo, which also found that one in three patients avoided seeking healthcare due to cost barriers. Jonathan Wick, principal of the healthcare strategy of healthcare strategy for TransUnion Healthcare said, it's scary and sad to know people are foregoing their physical and mental health for fear they'll ruin their financial health with medical treatment. As many as 3 million people may have lost employer-sponsored health insurance due to COVID-19 in the early months of the pandemic, according to a Kaiser Family Foundation analysis. At the same time, enrollment in Medicaid climbed as people lost their jobs and insurance, while others obtained private coverage by signing up as dependents on a family member's plan. Amid the disruptions to coverage, many people simply put off getting care. Well, I'm not surprised to hear any of this. I'm, I'm really sorry because in my mind, money should never come between you and your health. Well, that's easy for you to say, but the thing is, is like after, if you have limited resources, after immediate bills like rent, food, and transportation, people don't have money to see a doctor for healthcare. Now I'm with you. I agree with what you're saying. I'm just saying that, you know, when you're, when you have limited means, you have to take care of your immediate needs first. And if you have rotten teeth, let's say that's going to take a backseat to buying food. If you have a, a little acre pain, you perceive it as a little ache or pain, or even if you have a big pain, that's going to take a backseat to, you have to get to work. You have to feed the kids. You have mm-hmm. to keep the lights on. You have to keep the gas on. True. But you have to pay the water bill. I mean, those things, those things, mm-hmm. you know, come up first. And well, they, they shouldn't come up first. And- I know, but some people feel like it's, you know, the, some people really literally feel like healthcare is, yeah. is for people with money. And others are concerned that they'll be hit with like surprise bills, which is when you get a massive hospital bill. Which, by the way, after is, a health emergency is a from common out practice, of network care, you receive, you, but you were never yeah, made aware of it. It is a common practice, but you do have your rights, and surprise medical billing is actually illegal. They're not allowed to send you this surprise bill. Oh, it's $30,000. Well, they're fighting it tooth and nail. It's being fought tooth and nail. But yeah. what I'm going to say is this we have a lot of options out there. And it's not for lack of money. In my view, it's for lack of information. A lot of people are not aware of all the free options that are available to them or low cost options that are available to them to get well treatment or even emergency treatment. And to have a, you know that saying, an educated consumer? We are consumers of healthcare. Oh my God, I remember that. Yeah. Sims, educated yeah. consumers are our best customer. Exactly. And, <laughs> and as a healthcare, I'm as sure, a healthcare I'm, recipient. I'm dating myself. But right. Yeah. We're all, that's my job, by the way. But we, we're all, edu- we all are consumers. I'm not going to use the term educated because in a lot of instances, there isn't that, that education out there for, okay, we know that something is bad, but we may not spend an entire show on where to get it, how to get it. Uh, today, we're going to do a very humble approach in, in, in talking a little bit about those options. 
Well, um, I was going to say that this is why urgent care clinics are doing so well, because they charge mm-hmm. like a flat, transparent rate for their care. And you're not waiting hours to see somebody. Yeah. And, and you don't have mm-hmm. to. I remember reading this made me really sad. I remember mm-hmm. reading about a young lady who um, got her breast cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. and she immediately went in and bought a plot mm-hmm. because as far as she was concerned, her life was going to be over. She, you know, she she wasn't she didn't think about, OK, mm-hmm. medical bills. And in fact, Mm-hmm. The form they have me fill out now when I go for my for my breast surveillance is yeah. a form where they ask you if you are diagnosed, you know, how will you pay? And then it's it's like the scale. I have money to pay for it. I have access to money to pay for it. I have no money to pay for it. I have some money. Which is a bit invasive because I, I feel that. And, and I, it's a I bit really, prejudicial. Yes, I think it is prejudicial, but it is it is common practice. But. How is that? Because limiting? I feel like how because I feel like when I when I see something like that, I feel yeah. like, well, is that going to determine the kind of care you're going to yeah. give me? You mean you're not going to give me the best care if I yeah. say that I don't have the money to pay for it? No, like, I, I, absolutely. I, I mean, it, think of it as your body. Think of your body as a car and think of it like when do you take it to a garage for common stuff? When do you take it to the dealership? When do you make a decision that, hey, I'm not going to fix that? Well, all those decisions have to be made. But you make them as a consumer and you you really do, you know, do a best practice. Now, your body's not exactly a car. Uh, you can't no, just trade it in. You can't just trade it in. But, you know, when it comes to care, you know, that level of, okay, let me just go to an urgent health but you clinic. you can customize I got, it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ned. I sorry. can go to an urgent care clinic. And why would I go? I got a, I got a, um, I got a, um, a sore throat. Uh, I get, it feels like I got the flu or I sprained my ankle or something like that. There you go to the urgent care. But if you're having chronic pain, if you're having something that's recurring and all that, maybe urgent care is not the best place for you. Maybe. But you won't know that until you go to the urgent care and it won't make you go broke. Look, I'm not advocating for urgent care. I'm just explaining why urgent care is so popular because the, all of those unknown variables are gone. You pay your your fee if you have it, and then you're done, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm just saying that, you know, it, some places have no hospital systems mm-hmm. because hospitals have just been decimated by this pandemic mm-hmm. or didn't have a lot of hospitals to begin with because they just didn't have the, the money. They didn't have the might. They don't have the, the federal backing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some places are just uh, healthcare deserts. Mm-hmm. So in some instances, Urgent care is kind of all you have. Mm-hmm. And it's the lesser evil because, and I'm not saying that medical care is evil. I'm just saying in terms of if you're looking at your budget and you need immediate care, mm-hmm. that's not going to run you. I mean, in some instances, they're charging you hundreds of dollars for a Band-Aid at a hospital, for heaven's sake. I get it. I get it. And um, with that, I, I think that's a good segue into our uh, next topic, but let's take a real short break and we'll be right back. From the lower nine to uptown, mid city to the West Bank, we got you covered, New Orleans. WHIV 102.3 FM. Okay, and we're back. And I know you had to be in your bonnet to talk about uh, managed care. So let's jump into it. First of all, I wanted to wrap up real quick and say that 
you know, I'm not for or against urgent care. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that urgent care ha- is and is becoming the future because of its accessibility Absolutely. and because of its affordability. Boom. Boom. Now, that said, we're going to get into managed care. Now, what is managed care, you may be asking? Managed care is a system of, of health care, such as like an HMO, health maintenance organization, or PPO. Uh, I forgot what PPO means. Um, uh, and provider organization, something like that, that controls costs by placing limits on physicians' fees and by restricting the patient's choice of physicians. And so what is the goal of managed care? Goal of managed care is to control costs while maintaining quality. Providers usually receive compensation as a fixed amount per program member, and there is usually a withheld program during the planned year. What are the advantages and disadvantages of managed care? Benefits of managed care include patients having multiple options for coverage and paying lower costs for prescription drugs. Disadvantages include restrictions on where patients can get services and issues with finding referrals. So with that said, Mm -hmm. CVS has unveiled a new health-focused retail strategy, um, an explicit move into primary care. CVS is planning to close 900 stores. That's roughly 10% of its footprint over the next three years in an effort to evolve with changing consumer buying patterns. The revamp, part of the retail drugstore's ongoing strategy, includes new store formats with a stronger focus on healthcare, including locations for primary care delivery. The shutdowns will begin next spring. CVS will be remodeling. Um, an undisclosed number of stores to include more health services, including primary care delivery. So what do we think about this? Hmm. Well, it's timely, huh? I, I got comments on the beginning and I got some comments on the end. Actually, the CVS, uh, the CVS uh, Muse is timely because it puts the urgent care, it gives you kind of like a one-stop shop in urgent care where you have your urgent care facility. In fact, a lot of hospitals are spinning off into that urgent care model right. as well, well because they're seeing that's where the money is. And if you remember, Costco mm-hmm. was spinning off into this model a long time ago. Oh. Uh, however, they hooked up with a company called Theranos, which is right now in court. Oh. Um, and the whole model there was that Theranos claimed to have, well, if you're not familiar with the case, Theranos claimed to have these diagnostics that within one hour, one drop of blood, yeah, one drop of blood, and then within an hour you would find out what exactly is wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And the truth was that they were actually shipping it somewhere else, and sometimes you'd have to wait wait a day or days. So it wasn't really like have a seat and we'll be right with you. Um, So that whole one, you know, one stop uh, ecosystem was tried and abandoned by Costco. CVS is doing a more limited uh, basis where they're just doing the clinic and then they're doing the drug dispensary all right there. One-stop shopping. So you come in, you got pink eye, they give you, they diagnose you with pink eye. They go right to their pharmacy. You go into the pharmacy section, you get the products that's needed for you. You're out the door and it's all, it can all be done after work or on your schedule in, in somewhere that's and, accessible. It sounds to you. all very convenient too. And non-threatened. You know, you're not mm-hmm. threatened by the experience where a hospital can be threatened. So I'm happy for that. Well, not threatening, but intimidating, <clears throat> right? Yeah. But let's look at the hierarchy of, of healthcare uh, in terms of cost and, and effectiveness. 
The, you know, the first level is no insurance, which to me is horrible, is awful. The next level is the urgent care model where you go in, pay a small fee, or it's covered by some minimal insurance, and out the door you go. Number three is, H, is the managed care type of scenario that you were talking about. And let's delve a little bit deeper into that. Let's look at that definition. Do you remember the definition? Do you have that? Of managed um, care? Well, where it starts out with, we control costs. Well, while- yeah. So a healthcare is a system of healthcare that controls costs by placing limits on physicians' fees and by restricting the patient's choice of physicians. Right. But there was another sentence there, which would give you quality care. Oh, but, yeah. The goal mm-hmm. of managed care. Yeah, the goal so of called managed control care. costs while maintaining quality. Okay. How about providing quality while maintaining costs? So, so I take it that you've had, you've had previous experience with, with HMO? I've had, not only have I had previous experience with HMOs, but and they, they weren't all that good, but I've also had previous experience with writing mission statements for corporations. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, they take a long time. This, this came from a corporation's mission statement. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say where. Mm-hmm. They take a long time in writing these and they give it a lot of thought. A okay. lot of smart people in the room. Okay. And when you look at how the words are layered, they control costs while providing quality health service. While maintaining quality. Maintaining. Not maintaining quality health service while controlling costs. So what is their number one goal? Controlling costs. Exactly. So they're looking at their bottom line. Every single one of these things. Yeah, because they could easily say maintaining quality at an affordable cost. Right. And they don't, they're not saying that. Oh, no. Okay. All right. No. I smell what you're stepping <clears throat> in. Exactly. So what they're trying to do is control your costs. Make sure. But that's that, a good thing. That's well, a good thing. Provided they can actually maintain <clears throat> quality. Okay. Am I going in there? To control my costs, I'm already paying a monthly fee. Usually the way that works is you pay whatever number per month. Okay. And you get service X. Okay. I'm not going in there to control my costs. I'm going in there for healthcare. Okay. That should okay, be Mr. Moneybags. Go ahead. I'm listening. No, no, it's not Moneybags. <laughs> that is priority number one. I'm just okay, go ahead. I'm just saying that that <laughs> some people don't have a problem with this because you don't well i don't know i've never i've i've never had i've never been part of a a, a health maintenance organization i've never been restricted um mm-hmm. i you, i pay for my health insurance and i if i'm not happy with the doctor i go to another doctor yeah but I you don't. you've got the good insurance uh, let's call it the good insurance or the yes i i do have yeah i don't mm-hmm. have managed care when you when you go like into managed care mm-hmm. you can switch doctors but you can't switch outcomes because they they go by a select pathway. Mm-hmm. You have treatment protocols. You know, if if you have, um, let's say, cholesterol. That's one over, size fits all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's no discussion. You go into your doctor, your cholesterol is 140. Their rules are until you hit 140, you're not going to making up the 140. The number mm-hmm. could be whatever. But until you hit that number, you're not going to get the drug. Mm-hmm. You mean 139. You, you could be discussing diets. You could be saying, I'm eating pizza every, whatever. Yeah. Until you get to whatever, you're not going to get the cure. That's so funny because mm-hmm. I heard, um, I'm trying to remember where, I think it was um, Dr. Hyman's podcast where he had another doctor mm-hmm. and he said that someone, a patient came to him and they had uh, their uncontrolled blood sugar. 
and their, their doctor's response was, well, wait till your blood sugar gets higher. Mm -hmm. And then we could put you on a medication. So it wasn't like, let's control it now before it gets out of control. It was like, well, let's, let's wait till it gets higher. <laughs> so, so your A1C is, yeah, your A1C is, is, is let's wait till you're five, closer to it's 5.9 now. Let's wait till you get to seven and then we could put you on some medicine. Because remember the managed care, not only are they paying for your health care, but they're also paying for your drugs. Right. So you're not going to be getting the top drug. You're going to be getting whatever. You're going to be getting a lot of generics. Okay. You're going to, the drugs are also going to be skewed in terms of cost. It's not only the But care. most insurance does that. Well, doctors write. Right. Whatever. They'll write it and then the pharmacy fills it with the with, generic. With the generic. But yeah. at least now you see that doctor wrote drug A. Right. You're getting drug B. Right. You can talk to the pharmacist. Sometimes there's pay, you know, there's a difference pay differential, in payment. Yeah. Pay differential, you pay that. Yeah, which I've done that. I'm like, well, also, what's this? Oh, this is a lot of generic. No, no, no. I want the I want the I want the brand name. I want the brand name. How much more is that going to be? All right. Yes. Yeah. A lot of tips too to, to give people out there is go on your drug sites uh, website, and they will have a section in many cases. If you can't, if your coverage doesn't afford this, click on this coupon and you'll get a coupon for the drug. Yes. Um, so they, there are options. But you know, most people don't you. do. Nobody. Well, nobody, nobody does, does it, it yeah. but it's there. Yeah. It's like when you go shopping, nobody cuts the coupons, but they're there. Right. You know, you go to Bed Bath and Beyond. You oh no, that, I, I cut those coupons. You cut that twenty percent. I, I cut the twenty percent. <laughs> I cut the fifteen dollars off. I cut the the twenty dollars. But half off the people don't. One single item. You yeah. know, it's like, come on, <laughs> if you do it for Bed Bath & Beyond, do it for your body. You, you know? I, I agree and I understand. I'm just saying that that's just not how, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't do it. This is all very good advice. I'm just saying it's that. It's not how it works, but that, it should be how it works. Yeah, I agree. You know, and then, then the next is like limiting options and and kind of you, you go through a process. So you're not getting the best possible care. You I just, think those doctors would be insulted to hear you say that. But all right, go ahead. Not, now, why are you not getting the best possible care? Is it because the doctors <laughs> are restricted by the rules of the HMO? Is that why the... Well, the HMO is a corporation, okay? Right. And I, I like corporations. Yeah, I know I'm, you I'm do. all pro-capitalism, you know that. That said, they work on a profit. So if you're paying, let's say... $100 a month or $500 a month, whatever the number is, it's closer to mm -hmm. 500 probably to be mm -hmm. in an HMO. What they're going to do is they're going to make sure that you're costing them only $400 a month. Right. Now, how does that benefit you? Benefits you is they're going to try and keep you healthy mm -hmm. for as long as possible. Right. Yeah. How it doesn't benefit you as, as you progress from healthy to unhealthy. Yeah. They may ignore a few things to keep you on the healthy side of the bracket. Or if you say, look, I want a second opinion because I don't agree with you, doctor, so-and-so. <clears throat> they give right. you a very hard time to switch to another provider. Right. So they, they have ratings of, of patients and all that. And they don't turn away patients that aren't healthy by any means. And, you know, the healthy patients do subsidize those. And that's kind of how it works. But doctors are incentivized to keep you in green. Now, a lot of times they keep you in green by keeping you in green. Helping you stay healthy, keep having you keep diets. There are other instances that I've noticed where symptoms are ignored, as you were saying before. Well, let's give it some time. Well, let's do this. You know, let's wait until you're really dead, and then we'll give you this. 
because now you've gone from a profitable patient to an unprofitable patient. And the doctor is almost like a corporate employee. They're incentivized in terms of they're their They're incentivized. Patient. So given the example that I just gave, they're incentivized to say, well, let's wait till your blood sugar, your A1C gets up to from pre-diabetic to diabetic so that we can give you metformin. They're incentivized to do that? Incentivized? There's implicit incentivization and explicit incentivization. Explicit is if they come in and they don't do this, blah, 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 don't give it to them. You know, we've all seen the movie Rainmaker, I think was a classic where- Oh, the, the John Grisham movie. Yeah, yeah where, where, or story where people are incentivized to turn you down even though, uh, you know, that does happen in the world, mm -hmm. but let's not assume the worst in humanity. Right. I don't believe that anywhere in some of these bigger HMOs, there's a little manual that says, you know, once they're in this danger zone or yellow zone, keep them there for as long as possible. That's but they might have a physician who's looking at these, <clears throat> these claims. I mean, I don't know if HMOs have claims, <clears throat> but, looking, but looking at this and saying, no, this doesn't really meet the threshold. And they're incentivized to keep costs down. Right. So they may ignore something. Well, what, what's happening on is- On behalf of the company. Well, what happens is, now let's look at where there's uh, the, the, where it's not really there, but it's kind of implied. If you keep your patient population healthy, you get a bigger incentive. You, you're the doctor that has 89% of their patients good, healthy, while Dr. B has 80%. So you, are, you might get bigger bonuses. You might get bigger status. However it is that it's done, there is a reward. And you might have more patients pushed in your direction. Right. There's a reward there somehow, okay. whether it's status, bonus, money, uh, prestige, whatever. Okay. However it is, you're rewarded somehow. Okay. So you're now being rewarded to not have people in that category. So if you have the power to decide who gets in that category and that, that's a lot of, you know, that puts you in a conflict of interest stage space. Yes, and, that's true. And not all people are gonna are gonna think that way. A lot of people, people always think in terms of their self-interest. So the physician here has a self-interest and a not only the physician, but the organization has a self-interest to not provide you this care. And they don't view it that way, but start looking at their missions. You know, if we go back and reread the mission and then say, wait a minute, this is all about cost. This is all about, this is all about managing costs and doing this and hurting people as if we're cattle. That's not the process that I want. You know, that's, that's what I but can I, get. Okay. But I, I just don't, I guess what I'm, what I, I just don't see the problem with, with saving money. Are you saying that they're saving so if the argument is that they're saving money at the expense of quality of care, mm -hmm. then yes, that's problematic. But given the rising costs of medicine today and all the surprise billing and, and this out of control um, you know, spending, I just don't really see a huge problem with a health maintenance organization saying, you know what, we're gonna keep our costs down. We're not gonna have these doctors um, charging us an arm and a leg for stuff and sending us these crazy ICD-9 codes um, for stuff that's basic. Okay, but, you know, we will, do you consider yourself basic? I mean, for a young person who's relatively healthy, 
that's not experiencing this, that's just starting out in their earning careers. This may this may make sense. Right. Yeah. If you're if you're 20 something and you're you're relatively healthy, but also given the given where we are with the rise in all these health problems, we're seeing young people with fatty livers now. Okay. We're seeing young people with colorectal cancers now. We're seeing young people with their lungs shredded from um, what's that thing from vaping. Thank you. Um, So we're seeing young people come in with a lot of problems that they weren't coming in for 10, 20 years ago. So now how does an HMO, um, how does an HMO adjust to that? Well, by ignoring it or raising everybody's cost by a dollar. Now, you know, eventually they will raise the cost because they're there to make a, they're there to make a profit. So whatever their profit margin is, five, 10, 20 percent, that is that is coming out the that is coming out one end. What comes out the other end is how much is spent on health costs, and then how do they recognize you and how do they treat you? You know, to withhold treatment until you're at a more critical stage or more let's yeah, not call it critical, pretty. but call it acute. Yeah, because they don't wait until you're critical, but they do wait a lot of times. I feel until it's it's a more acute stage. Yeah, and that's that's where I say, you know, are we settling and creating a nation of of second of second rate? And and already we're seeing as we move more into this management. Yeah, we're seeing more health outcomes that are not great. Our health outcomes are not as optimal as they are in the rest of the world. Right. And in the rest of the world, this HMO model is a little different. Mm. That HMO model that the rest of the world does is not as profit-oriented as it is in the United States. And it's funded by other sources of income that I'm not going to get into. A yeah, we're not going to get geopolitical, into that whole... like where yes, the gold mines, please, where the diamonds <laughs> are, and all that. So, so you know, in, in terms of how we fund things and how we work for things, an HMO to me is a good system, but only it can be a good system. But, but buyer beware. Right. Realize what the limitations are. Realize when it's time to start moving on from an HMO and realize what their goals are and to stand up for your rights. Because somewhere in there, there's there's the there's the argument saying. So if your doctor, if you feel you need this medication, your doctor says no, time to fight it. Yeah, but it sounds like you can't really fight it in an HMO system. You have to leave the HMO pay ridiculous monthly fee um, um, premium like I'm doing and have your own insurance. Um, bottom line, people, is though you, you this is something that you should be aware of. This is something that you need to keep your eye on if you have insurance. And if you don't have insurance, you should start kind of looking around to see what um, insurance options are available to you and what's going to work best for you. Because let me tell you, Healthcare is expensive. Taking care of yourself is is not as expensive as healthcare. Healthcare is a mother sucker. So remember, nobody's going to look after your health the way you're going to look after your health. Nobody. All right, okay. that's that's all the time we have today. All righty, we're going to say goodbye and thank you so much and bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Urban Health Weekly today. I hope you'll join me and my friends next week so you can stay informed and inspired to take control of your health. See you next time.
Freedom is a feeling, and the best way to truly feel free is behind the wheel of a Jeep SUV. Find out what true freedom feels like at Jeep Freedom Days. And now, financing at $2,500 total cash allowance on the purchase of a 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee WK Laredo 4x4. Don't miss this great offer. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Must take retail delivery by 531-22. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's official. Summer is almost here. The sun is getting brighter, the days are getting longer, and your lawn is ready for some love. Get everything you need for a season spent outside with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. Manicure your yard to perfection with lawn care tools from RYOBI. Then get your garden going with vegetables and herbs from Bonnie Plants Harvest Select, plus mulch and soil from Vigoro and EarthGrow. Get your lawn as ready as you are for summer in the sun. Feels like Memorial Day at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 